All right, welcome back to another edition. Uh, your final score, the Farmingdale State Rams 80 and the University of Maccabee 69. I'm here with uh, Shua Cohn and Jack Terrell. Uh, guys, not the result that we wanted tonight. Um, your overall thoughts, Jack, we'll kick it off to you. Um, I'm, I think I was a little bit more pessimistic as the game ended. Um, as, you know, we seem to struggle to get offense if it's not um, Zevi Samet shooting um, contested threes. I think Farmingdale had, you know, the coach is an excellent coach. He's, you know, one of the best in D3, I would say. I would argue, honestly. And he's uh, seen the motion for six to eight years now, or however long they've been running it. So, you know, he's as prepared as any coach in in uh, and and we tend to play Farmingdale a lot, you know, as playoffs, finals, we see him. This is a real rivalry, and he he has real experience um, coaching against this team. Um, and so there's there's bonuses to believing in what you do and doing things that work, and there's negatives. And the negatives is when you you know facing a especially if you have a new team facing the team that's well coached and well prepared. Um, I was going to come in pessimistic, but I'd have to say I'm, I'm pretty optimistic, actually. This is a team that beat us last year. Uh, it, our best player shot 28 shots, 31 shots. That's a good sign. Like, you want your best guy taking a lot of shots, and none of it was forced. I, I really mean, a couple of them were jacked up, but, you know, but it wasn't like high volume uh, player usage. Right, it wasn't like everyone was standing around as Evie was just shooting. He he was getting you know shots, and I think there's a lot to take away that we could work on. We almost we only lost to a le- uh, by eleven, and I think hopefully we could fine tune some things. I think bringing Max back to have a true point guard on the on the team. I I think Adi Markovic is excellent, but he's more of an off guard. Um, he's just more. I just think he's more of an off guard. Um, you know. That's just my opinion. He may, other people may differ in that opinion. Uh, but yeah, uh, sure. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Not similar lines to what Jack is saying. I mean, um, first of all, just to like set the stage, right. We did not expect this team to, to be amazing this year. We expected it to be a rebuilding year. We expected to them for them to like, for, for sure early on to struggle while they're like, gaining an understanding of the offense and and all that. Um, and Farmingdale is obviously a tough opponent. They hadn't looked that good this year, but they always play us really tough. I mean, like Jack was saying, they 16-17, um, we beat them in the semifinals. They were the favorite. We we eked out that victory in overtime. Then 17-18 um, was the year that they um, – maybe 17-18 was, was the year we beat them in the semifinals. 18-19, they played us really tough. They beat us. Towards the end of the season, tend our winning streak. They also beat us in the finals, um, and even nineteen twenty in the semifinals. I don't know if you remember that game before, like we went off on the first two tournament games, but like in the semifinals, that was a very very close game. That they were up, I think they were up by a decent amount in the second half, and by six, I think. Um, Gabe hit a couple big shots. We hit a couple big shots down the stretch, and we pulled it up, but it was. It, we, we were at risk of, of not even making the tournament in 1920 when the team that ultimately went 29 and one. And again, they played us tough last year. They beat us last year. If you remember the second one right in the back to back losses in the late stretch. Um, and we were very nervous about playing that, facing them in the playoffs. We ultimately didn't because I think Manhattanville knocked them out before that. Okay. And again, they're well coached and 
they play a style that like of defense that I haven't seen us deal well with in any team that's played that style against us. And that's basically sag off non-shooters. Absolutely ignore them. Ignore them at in the high post. Ignore them when they're outside, outside like the three-point line. It's like the, the Tony Allen uh, defense in the playoffs. Right. So, right. and it's, when that happens, you, you have a man who's sitting under the basket and that just kind of just destroys all of the backdoor action that why you run so much during motion offense. It's, it's just irrelevant. You could set the best screen and have completely surprised the defender and have a guy running backdoor and there's just a defender waiting there under the basket to meet him. So all of those actions are kind of null. So That's yeah. And, and, and what we see is there aren't, there aren't really adjustments where they continue running them and it just wastes time and, and is frustrating for the players. And then you can see they kind of don't really know what to do. We saw it last year against Sean Hopkins and we saw it in this game. And I think getting in, figuring out an adjustment when teams play that I'm, I'm shocked more teams don't play that exact style of defense against us. It really, I don't understand it because it, it clearly works every time we face it. Right. But well, we'll stick to offense. But yeah, that's basically those were my 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 general thoughts. I thought Zevi obviously played admirably given that they put a bigger guy on him and really stuck with him. He was exhausted. But yeah, he's um, no one else really stepped up. I, I got I gotta say Hurwitz on Farmingdale. That guy's a stud. He he did a number on us last year and he did it again tonight. He did it again tonight. Horowitz, Horowitz, yeah, I Horowitz, Horowitz. It sounds Jewish, Jack. It sounds Jewish either way. I did. I remember I landed. I ran into him last year, and uh, and I was at the game. I forgot. I was the one that we played Old Westbury at Farmingdale, and I, I saw him. I was like Horowitz. It turned out I was like, "You Jewish man?" He's like, "No." Nah. I'm like, "Damn." <laughs> I was like, "Never mind. Just come here anyway." He started laughing. And everyone started laughing. Horowitz, excuse look. A couple things defensively. First off, we need to be better <laughs> defensively. I mean, Zavi's coming right from the base, and uh, he's got to up his stamina, obviously. Kudos to Farmingdale for making him work so damn hard uh, on the offensive ends. And then when it came to the defensive end, he, he, he already isn't right at this moment an excellent, a, a good defender. He's, he's not. He's on his best night. He's about average. And the coaching staff will tell you that. I'm not knocking the kid. I'm just telling the truth. Um, and when you make him work that hard on the offensive end, you just see him. He was huffing and puffing like the big bad wolf. He was ready to blow a house down. He he got tired. And he's a freshman. It's his fourth game, and it's an okay. It's okay. Um, it really makes you come to appreciate some of the, the athletes that we've had in years past. Uh, when you see, you know, but I, I just, how do you leave a Horowitz open at all? Like just defensively, it, it's not like what they're running is so sophisticated that, damn, we just keep getting knocked on picks. It's usually just a driving kick. Your Horowitz killed us last year. We know what he I mean, does. It's not just limited to him. The, the, the whole but, team that made a big shot when it counted, you know, they're just so experienced. Well, but they were and, wide. They were, they were wide. Oh, wide. There, were, there was no one. Wide, towards wide. the end. Yeah, exactly. But even the, the whole game, right? Like if the wise defense is built around stopping the middle drive, right? Um, so what happens is like, especially against Farmingdale, our primary defender, on the ball got beaten off the dribble without even a second player being a part of the action, like straight off the dribble. 
And so then he gets into the painter. Why he doesn't have like a big who can like erase shots, kind of like Jordan was last year. Um, they usually need to collapse the defense to help off of the drive um, and to take away the easy dump off for, for a layup. And when they collapse the defense, it's just an easy kick to like multiple wide open shooters. We saw that when they don't collapse the defense, it's just a dump off to the, to the runner, to the like the, the roll guy. And and it's an easy layup, and we saw both of them. Zucker's got to step up and take that charge. That's happened way too often, where where Zucker steps off and he stops the drive, and he dumps it off. If he just takes two more steps forward at, at the point where he wants to take off and takes the charge, you know that could prevent it. But even so, you can't sag off Horowitz. You can't give him wide open threes. And lastly, this team was devoid of energy tonight with Sam and huffing and puffing. We were really struggling to get shots. Uh, Oren, I think, needs to shoot a lot more. Uh, Dotan took him, so I got to give him credit. Obviously, he's got to knock him down. Uh, why not play Natkin a little bit more? Like, forgive me if I'm right. saying this, but, like, what happens to a battery when it runs out of juice? You need to put in a charging pack. Give me some. He gets in. The first thing that happens, he gets thrown on the floor. And they draws a technical, like, starts talking. Sm- talk, then he was suddenly and- taken out again. Well, yeah, I mean, that changes the whole identity. If Farmingdale's is punching you, you throw in your puncher. Give your team a little charging, charging the Tuchas. You know, I'm not saying playing him against every matchup. I'm not saying he's the most polished player. He's not. Um, I thought he got a good shot in. Uh, I just, you know, I, I just think, I don't know. That it, it, it was just a tough one. You know, I think there needs to be some kind of adjustment. And if I'm Zucker also, I'm, I'm shooting 500 mid-range ju- uh, free throw line jump shots all week and just saying this shot right here is going to be automatic because I'm not letting you guys do that again. Right. I feel like it's just not that simple, right? Shaq, Shaq wanted to shoot free throws better and he, I guarantee, but thousands and thousands, you just, if you're not a good, Zucker's not a good shooter. He's just not, and you could hit them. I guarantee he hits tons of them in practice. I bet you shoots like 60, 70% from there in practice. When it's in a game, it's just a different, you get in your head, they're leaving you so open. It's just not, Gabe also Gabe had Gabe got the head that mid range all his whole career and he never took them when he did he usually missed them. Gabe, Gabe again again speculation we don't know exactly objection your honor speculation we don't know exactly what Matan Zuck was thinking during the game um, but I would argue also Gabe Leifer wasn't a known gym rat like he, he one of the famous things is how is this guy so good and he's not never lifted a weight or sh- you know shot a jump shot in the gym I I think I think if you if you shoot. 300 of those shots becomes an extension. And Shaquille O'Neal is another good example of someone who wasn't also a known gym rat, someone who was, I'm sure he worked on it, but one of some of the biggest contentions he's had with teammates was his his lack of, of or one specific teammate was his lack of effort in the extracurriculars of doing, you know, working on that game. So, I mean, I would, I would shoot a ton of them. Not to say that that would... I'm not, it's not guaranteeing to help to give you validity to your point. It's not guaranteeing that that becomes a natural shot, but um, definitely can't hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, that I, I agree. Um, yeah, no, we just got to figure out how to get points. If it's not Samet, we can't be a team that relies on one guy to score 40 points to win. It's not going to work. No. Yeah. I was also thinking after tonight, did it benefit YU to be playing Farmingdale this early in the season? You know, would they have been better off getting them later on? I mean, yes, because I want to play the team. You know, Theodore Roosevelt has a famous quote. I always like being 
underestimated. I play better as the underdog. Like I, 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 I'm better when, you know, the expectations are low. I forget the exact quote. Someone will probably correct me, but if anything, I want, I want Farmingdale. We gave him a good fight and we only lost by 11 and it was a five point game. We probably played our worst half. Zebby got shots. He just missed them. Right. We get, we ran the offense pretty well. We just missed some layups. We missed some shots. Um, Oren missed some, like, we missed some shots. We just missed some shots. And Zach Hines not back. We're in game four of the season shape wise, being in terms of being the same Zebby in the playoffs. And, and some of these guys in the playoffs are going to be in much better shape. There's going to be a much more fluid understanding. We're still figuring out what lineups to play. We're still in that mode. So I'd rather give Mark Farming the other's early look. Let him feel like we beat this team that's super good and held, you know, Samit to poor shooting when, you know, we don't we don't have a fi- fi- finalized product. You know, I'd rather I'd rather the opponent taste this at our weakest and get it and a false sense of confidence. I really would rather that rather than maybe you know, we play him down the line and we beat him in a tight game and now we're the ones coming tight. Now we airs left out of the balloon. You know, we got nothing to lose. Next time we play him. So I'm excited for that. Right. And that next time won't be until the last game of the season. They, they play Farmingdale. I think what do you think, Shua? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's also, right, it's good to get that Brommer against, like, ultimately, like, our goal is win Skyline this year. Um, that's the team you're realistically going to need to beat to win Skyline. So it's good to get that understanding of the oh, levels. Yeah, or like you're playing in the final. Yeah, but likely, right? We thought that likely. was going to happen last year, and then some of the right. Austin and Hanville. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't mind them playing it early, and I also think it's like it, it, like right? They, they, they outplayed expectations, outperformed expectations through the first four games, and this was more like a come da- back down to earth. They, it wasn't like they were the overdog come going into the season, right? They were, they were uh, voted to finish fourth in Skyline. Right. Um, which I think underestimated Zevi Samet, but like Farmingdale is definitely, definitely a tough opponent and they just, they, they know our game and they, and they have a game plan to address it. They had a great game plan this time and they executed and they played really well. And we, we didn't really look like, we were the better team for most of the game. I mean, they made Samit work. They made Samit work. I think if you're this the the coaching staff, you take a look at that, or or you're the players or the scouts, you go, how we got if either they we weren't setting screens in the motion or or Samit was rushing a little too early and probably needed to be patient, wait a second or two before the screen hit. But we got to figure out ways to, if he's going to be busting his tochas defensively, which it, it is usually, he's guarding, a, he's not usually guarding a scrub. Any wing player at this level is usually pretty good. Um, got to figure out ways to not have him work so hard on the other end. We got to figure out ways to not, he's, he was working. And kudos to Farmingdale. I mean, they really came with a scan. They're like, hey, listen, teams make the mistake when they play Yeshiva, they go, Either when they did in the Sweet 16 run, they went, oh, they're Yeshiva, we're going to play play our game, and that'll be it. And then the motion kills you, because if you're not aware of it, you'll get killed. Or they go, 
Well, they just lost Ryan, Gabe, uh, uh, Aton, and, and Ofek. Well, we're going to play Argon, and then the motion kills you. And Farmingdale goes, we've been killed by the motion. They know what's coming. They're going to set a lot of back. They're going to look for the back cuts. They're going to set the down screens. Everything's off ball. They look for this one guy, Zabby. They 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 had a scout, and they 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 sagged yeah. off Zuck. I think we we went on a little run there with the shooters in. I mean, I think the fun thing about this team is a lot of lineups to try. We're nowhere near finished product, and we played this team extremely well. We fought really hard, and our and and I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, really, we. An eleven point loss, but we're in the game for a majority of the game. We kind of get slipped at the end when there's a bit of a run, but we fight pretty hard back. Well, we don't really know our our our. You know, we're still tinkering. We're still tinkering with the toy right now. You know, the car is not ready to go off the lot and enter the the contest yet. So I, I'm excited to see what this car looks like in uh, in February. Right. You actually got me thinking uh, with one of the points you just made. Um, Illinois Wesleyan, for example, when Zevi was cooking it against them, they only got to watch one game of film with him playing against St. Joe's of Connecticut. And he didn't really go off in that game all that much. And then the last two games, Zevi goes off and Farmingdale really had a lot more footage to study up on Zevi compared to Illinois Wesleyan. So I don't know what. Look, one of the things that every, you know, we saw so many Twitter like Zevi, you know, greatest freshman and he very well might be, but one of the things that Ryan made look so easy <laughs> was getting points in despite being scouted and scouted every night. And that could be because of Ryan's size and the division three letter level. He was bigger than most of the other team's big men at six, seven and 200. He was certainly bigger than the big yeah, men in my era. He's definitely bigger than the wings. Right. He's definitely bigger than the guard. Guard. And sometimes he's bigger than the bigs. And even if the bigs are bigger, he's certainly quicker. So, I mean, you know, the size definitely helped. Ryan made it look very easy. It's hard. Just, it's hard. This is high-level basketball. We get we get a little bit um taken for granted how good some of these players are that we've had the last couple of years. You just kind of see. I, I'll tell you right now, Zevi Salmon is the real deal. It is no, you know, you know, he's still at 20, 31 points tonight. They made him work. It's it's hard to score it. You know, it's hard. This is this is a high level basketball. It's a good basketball team. So he's got to. What I want to bring to the point is the point I'm trying to make is he, we got to understand that he is going to be. There's going to be a scout for him, and there's going to be a plan for him. And really, what we need to see is like what's our counter punch, right? Like if you're if you're a boxer and you're going inner uppercut, inner uppercut every time, and then he sees it, he and he hits you. I'm not a boxing guy, but like he has a counter to that and he sees it coming. So then once he's done that, what's your second move? What's the second move, right? Or if you're a post-up player and you're going over the middle hook, over the middle hook, might cut that off. Do you have the drop step? So what are we going to throw teams? You know, how are we going to get Sevy? Now it could be, it could be, we just, and I need to, I'd love to talk it with the Godfather of the motion on Thursday that the Harold Katz podcast to see what he has to say on whether or not we ran the eye. It could be that we, you know, I'm an untrained eye. Um, I'll make well, maybe we'll be coming off a win. I'll make a prediction. The answer will be, we didn't run the correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah. So then in that case, maybe Zevi needs to wait a second or two before he runs off the screen. Maybe he shouldn't be sprinting. It should be, he should be waiting then sprinting when he sees the open, like pick his spots to exert the energy. There's gotta be a way to, to preserve him. 
as he's our primary source of offense. And we need to get other guys going. I mean, Oren Batash needs to shoot more than five shots. He just right. does. He, he's he's shown this season that he's a vital part of our offensive, you know, strategy. Even if he's not hitting, like he wasn't necessarily hitting last game. Even seven was good. He needs, but in a game like this where no one else is scoring, he needs to shoot five to ten. He needs to just he just needs to shoot more threes, more volume threes for a shooter like that is a good thing, especially in a system that relies primarily on post ups. And, and threes that's like and backdoor you know that's really the three ways that we we've, we've gotten points so he, he it, so our second best three-point shooter needs to shoot more so let me ask you about a moment in the game kind of like in-game coaching strategy what you think so we cut the lead to 60 to 54 with six minutes and six seconds left yes. and they went on a run and we didn't call timeout until it was 69 54 um I, and then we called timeout and the game was just it was over by that point yeah a little earlier in the game they were farmdale would would stretch the lead we'd cut it they'd call timeout it happened twice in a row before that that cut to 60 to 54 their coach would call timeout as soon as we went on a run kind of um restabilize and and they'd play better out of it and the same thing happened when we when we cut it down when we cut it down to six i think if i, I look i think he called the timeout um then but we kind of just the game we let the game the game was basically over by the time we called the timeout. Yeah, they called the timeout when it was when it was sixty one. When it was fifty timeouts. So like yeah. yeah, is that do you think that first of all, besides for the fact that it just gives them a breather, um, but also do you think there there's a detriment to just like when when clearly they're losing control and and playing too fast or or whatever to like calling timeouts steady them, or do you think just because the motion offense isn't really set plays or anything like that that just let them do well, it? Phil Jackson was I'm, I'm I happen to think statements is probably one of the best things, if not the best thing he does uh, 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 better than any coach I've ever seen is placement of timeouts. He's excellent usually at that. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Terrell will, will second that. Ryan loves he Steinmetz is excellent with timeout placements and, and I happen to be a fan of letting him play through it. I grew up watching Phil Jackson and the and the Lakers in that run. Um and that's what Phil did. I mean Phil let the guys figure it out. He did not uh call timeouts and some coaches are different. Larry Brown Popovich Popovich Larry Brown called timeouts and and made it try to make adjustments. Um it's it's again I think it goes you probably hit it on the point. It goes with the culture of trusting your guys and, and, you know, you have to live with the success and with the failure, you have to let them figure it out. And emotion is an offense that gives so much power to the players that you really can't, you know, yeah, you could call a timeout. I think it might've been a good idea to call a timeout here or there just to give Zabby and some of the boys some rest um, or figure out a way to straggle. Maybe I take Zabby out and put an energy guy like Mackin in to like keep, maybe we don't have the talent in, but we have kind of like this frantic, energetic, you know, scary, not scary, but like killer, killer kind of guy in there that's going to give us a little, whatever it is, it's something. And while Zevi recuperates and we put that back in, I wouldn't, but I, I, I don't know if necessarily the timeout placement was a result of, of some of these things. You know, we, I, not enough I to have an impact on, on the loss. Yeah, no, I, I, I think in general, um, that, you know, Stamets is an excellent job with Stamets, and he's just the kind of coach that, you know, has guys play it out, whereas the Farmingdale guy is someone who, 
may, you know, he calls timeouts, but kudos to him. You have to come with an adjustment out of a timeout and not all coaches do that. And every time you call the timeout, uh, the Farmingdale got uh coach who's excellent. Um, uh, you know, he had an adjustment. He had, he had a game plan ready to go. Also helps you have your guys returning, you know, but you know, they still have to execute. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. No, but I definitely see what you're saying. Uh, I, they were, I was wondering the same thing, but I didn't question it. I was definitely wondering it though. Um, that's, yeah. Some, co- some coaches, I'm a believer. I never call timeouts and to my detriment as an eighth grade coach, which is obviously a much lower level. Um, but you know, I, I do do timeouts. does know when to call timeouts. It's just to kind of coach that lets them play through it. You know, there's people who believe in that. There's people who don't. Uh, okay, so we move on to purchase uh, Tuesday night. It's a road game. I believe it's purchase's first skyline game. Uh, they, they're they're actually five hundred. They they opened up with two wins, but they've lost their last two. What should we expect going into that one? I I haven't done a deep dive on purchase. I noticed that their two wins were against pretty poor opponents, um, right, and the two losses were all, were not against much better opponents. Right. Um, so they haven't looked very good this year but to be fair farmingdale didn't look that great this year i mean they got destroyed by nyu and then um had a like a very close win against uh, an opponent that wasn't that highly ranked um and then they they looked superb against us i think purchases i mean farmingdale we expect it to be a a five purchase historically we've been pretty 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 handily for the most part in the in the recent era um i'm not too concerned with them going into that game, but I don't know. What are your thoughts, Jack? I uh, I think we're going to bounce back. I think, again, I think the coach is going to take a look at this tape and we got more lineup tinkering to deal with, um, which is going to, we're going to play some new stuff or, you know, we're going to, that's a positive. I think Zebby's going to bounce back. Um, I don't think he has two bad games in a row. I think a Saturday night game might be tough. Um, There's plenty of them all year. So. Well, I'll tell you why. Ryan, made this point while he was playing. He said, when I was at Farai, and if I, you guys don't remember, I do, struggled early on on Saturday night games because the Shabbos meal, right? A Shabbos meal is no pre-workout meal, my friend. It is oh, typically just some chicken. deli rolls. Bring out the chicken theory. Fried chicken, you know, pastrami slices and um, salads, but not like salads. Salads is the cornbread and the chopped up. and the, it's It's a heavy meal and if you ryan by his junior and senior year would have to skip out on all the shabbos goodies and have a cold cut sandwich uh have a have a turkey club um and miss out on the the shabbos goodness uh look he he, i'm not blaming it on the diet but there's just but there's also like shabbos is a long day you have to time your naps um you have to time you know there's a lot of things a lot of time to think about the game. Sometimes that throws guys off because you think about it too much. You go through your regular day and you're, you're in your class at four. You're watching your Netflix at two. You're watching your pregame mixtape. You're getting your stretching in. You know, whatever your regular routine is, it stays routine. Shabbos can be more difficult because you have this uh, excess amount of time. And the diet um, thing that goes on, you get the chawling out. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to bounce back, um, obviously. And I think uh, – I'd like to see more napkin uh, just because it, it gives us something interesting. I, I, you know, he's, he's 
a lot like from what I hear behind the scenes. Uh, he's a lot like me when I was that age, you know, a little bit, you know, high energy, willing to kill someone in a practice scrimmage, like we'll kill you. We'll fight right now. Um, and maybe needs Jack, you're to, willing uh, to kill someone. Uh, there's, there's levels Shua. there's levels to where you're willing to go on a court, especially when you're young and like, you know, this is everything like this is, and you, you're not probably, I wasn't as talented, um, as the other guys I was, as I was more athletic, but I was also skinnier. So that like to, to compete, I had to mentally go to a place that was like, I'm going to go here and you're not, you're not going to go there and I'm going to go there and I'm just going to bring that fire. And I think Natkin's a lot like that. Um, I'd like to, you know, so obviously I'm rooting for a guy like that. I'd like to see some of that. Um, and I, I'm interested to see, like, I'd, I'd like to see different things thrown out at the point guard position. I think we're right now. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm curious to see what else we got in the tank. You know, I, I like, it. we're still figuring it out. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this team. And at the end of the day, we play Farmingdale excellent with Sam at shooting poorly. And us not really getting great shots. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, do, I think we I come do. out of punch purchase. Go ahead, Oren. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting dynamic going forward because while you're also balancing skyline play, you still have a lot of important non-conference games, you know, and you have to take them seriously. You have to take the Amherst game seriously. You have to take you. the NYU game seriously. Wesleyan, number 22 team in the country right now. So I, I think that's going to be very interesting. We'll see if Steinmetz. Keep, I think we're going to. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we'll see if Steinmetz keeps the usual starters out game in, game out, or will he change things up every so often for a non conference tilt? I, I need Markovich to take care, better care of the ball. And this has been a knock on him for years. Um, and he's been pretty good at it this season. Um, he, he has. He's been, he had no turnovers in the. In one of these games, I forget which one, but he's, he's doing better. But he, again, a little bit, you know, tonight, tonight, where, you know, you're a leader, this is a big game, you know, take care of the possession. Um, yeah. And if you, if you remember the game, there was, he only had one turnover, I think, on the box, on the box score, but he had multiple very close to turnovers that weren't where he got the ball stripped from behind. He threw the ball, it was, it was batted back then. There were, there were, quite a few of like near turnovers, like they call them in football when a quarterback, like an interception worthy throw where the guy drops it. So those are going to be turnovers. So I think the yeah. only reason he had only one was, was no, he got lucky. No, exactly. I mean, he, he's done an excellent job this season in, in, in shoring that up. Um, but if you're going to be the starting point guard on a championship team in division three, right, there can't be these close calls because that way, especially the motion, the cut was there. It got fumbled. You missed it, right? There's a miss. There's a miss on a bag. It's got to be a little crisper. And I, you know, it's it's a fair criticism to Mark to to a guy I really love and admire as a as a person. It's not personal, uh, but yeah, it's just got to continue and on improving that. That's got to be short up. That's if I were to criticize one thing, I think that's what where it would come from. And to Orrin's point, I Orrin, I think actually like uh. Uh, the the more likely scenario is that, or what should happen is that there there are some skyline teams who the game should look like the St. Joseph's Brooklyn game, right? right. Um, and there, like even in that game, he didn't. This, the, Zevi still played a large amount of that game. 
And right. that I don't think that's excuse. That I don't think should happen. And that's where I think they should yeah. get their rest is when when they're they're up big. And and this time, honestly, we see like the the end of the bench seems to be able to hold it together a little better than in previous years. Um, so you shouldn't have to necessarily worry about just losing the lead. But I think if you're up twenty with ten minutes left against against some of these opponents, the, your your starter shouldn't see the, the court again. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think the reason was Zevi going as long as he did the other night was, you know, the home debut, pleasing the crowd. You're on the verge of 40 points. You know, he also needs to get reps in. I I understand Shua's point, and I also understand the opposite point. And there's there's really two schools of thought on it, and and two and a half. The one issue was right. You can't risk your starters getting hurt. That's what happened with Alaska. Alaska had a really good start. When they were blowing it out. Yeah. And he blew his, whatever his knee and he came back and he, it was an awkward fit. And then we had also, yeah, it just was an awkward fit and it never seemed normal again. And he wasn't good again until the, the Stockton game. You know, it took a while for him to get back into it. Luckily he came to play in the right moment, but yeah, you don't want to risk that. But the second school of thought, and it's really two and a half is, you want to get reps for your guys, especially when they're young, when they're this young, and especially when they're going to need to play mega minutes. You know, you want to get them used to playing mega minutes. You know, if, if Zabby Sam is going to need to play however minutes he played tonight, like because he they needed him to. Um, right. They so in a game where they don't necessarily need him. It's good to at least have them out there playing defense, running back and forth, getting getting into shape, uh, getting into shape the old-fashioned way. So I, I hear both sides. It's tricky. Um, I think if you had a team, uh, I think it depends on the team. So, like, if you have a Ryan Terrell who's in an OFAC and uh, guys who are in the best shape and the best athletes, you sit them, right? You, you sit them up 20. You let the other guys play because you know you could trust, especially if they're seniors. You let these guys, they got the reps, they know what they're doing. You sit them. But I think I understand the argument if you have all freshmen still learning to play together, um, needing as many reps as they need. I, I, I see that side too. So it's really, I, right. I, I have both arguments. You don't want to get hurt, but you don't want to not get these, these valuable reps in. Depending on what you value more is what you would go with. Look, you'll see a question whole whether they're valuable reps when you're up so much, but like, oh, no, listen, but, but Mark, I you don't disagree. Shua, be confrontational. Let's hear it. I agree. Yeah, there is an argument to be made if it's valuable, Tony. That's true. Right. Not even if I even if I agree with you that that uh, the the workout and the reps is important. I think when you're up twenty, they're not taking the game as seriously. We saw, especially like last year, they were they were hot, they were going for the highlight reel almost the entire time when they were up that much. Um, we, we don't see them running the norm, the, the motion offense, like through, through, through all the motions and through all the actions. So, but assuming that that was the case, then I I do think that you make a very, a very valid point. And that is, there is those, there are those two sides. Right. And I think you will see a totally new makeshift on starting on Tuesday because word has it Max will be back. And with Max being back, that means more rotation, and that means more rest for players. I think um, Max being back is huge because he gives you a third ball handler. And the defense. Uh, besides Zebby and Adi, and it gives you another shooter, and it gives you another star stud. And a good on-ball defender. 
and a good on-ball defender. And he's elite going downhill. He's OFAC-esque. Like I yeah, we saw it early in that that layup. I think he went in with the right hand finish. It was like it was a breath of fresh air early in the in the first game, and then yeah, he was gone. I played with him a lot this summer. Him, his brother, uh, Zappy. I played with a lot of these guys, and what stood out to me on Zachheim was his elite level of athleticism and skill going down a hill. And I had not seen that on a player uh, other than OFEC. And OFEC needed to be cutting, right? And Zachheim or or rip through baseline. You know, no one could really stop OFEC doing that unless you planted a seven-footer there and had him sit there before OFEC took off. Um, and I think Zachheim's at that level of finishing or, or close to it. So be interested to see what he brings to the table. I'm excited for it. Yeah, the thing is, do we think you remind me of Roy's dunk for a second? Can we talk about this? Yeah, Uh, go ahead. No, that was just, I mean, I didn't think we were going to see a dunk this year. I I I was totally thinking the same thing. I was like, can we call him the the pregame warmups, though? It was incredible. It was on someone. I want to call him the rim rattling redhead. It was no, like it was, it was so nice. Like, I didn't like, I thought he was going in for the layup, and then like it kind of looked he was gearing up for it, and he just went and threw it down on him. Flashbacks to last season. It yeah, was okay, redhead to redhead, and it was a rim rattling redhead redemption, man. It was a it was a slam dunk. It was gorgeous. Kudos to Roy. The second I just one want to touch up on one thing quick. Yeah. I just want to touch up on one thing quickly regarding uh Zevi and Max once Max is back. Do we think Zevi's shot count will go down dramatically or not so much? No, 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 because he's getting shots within the offense, and I also think that. They're going to continue on the – I think it'll make things – if it's done correctly, you know, and we don't have internal whatever, which I don't think we do. Um, and everything I've heard has been positive. Um, and uh, it looks positive. Is that it'll make a lot of these shots easier because you'll have another weapon that can go downhill, that can hit a three, that you have to – I think they're more complementary of- also, right? Like Max is more of a, like, dry finish, dribble drive finish kick out. Zevi's more of a shooter. Yeah, so it's complimentary. Yeah, yeah Max is way more of a mid-range game. Yeah, and also he's very low-key and easygoing. He's a real easygoing, low-key guy. Um, I don't. I think. I just think they're gonna. It's gonna work. I just think they. There's a, a tremendous. I, I. I think it'll make it easier. I think. I think. I don't think it'll take necessarily shots away, but maybe in a game like this, you needed someone else to take shots. So. That might be a good thing in a game where Zevi's shooting 31 shots and all of them he needed to take and he only scored 28 on it. Um, I think it'll it'll make some of his it'll make it easier for him because the defense doesn't have to throw three guys on him every time he's screening, bumping him, getting so physical. Guy like Zach I obviously helps. No, it should be interesting. I remember seeing those guys battle it out in high school. Oh, how time flies. Oh, maybe Ryan wants to come on. Yo, you didn't catch the game, did you? You're live on the Baja button. You didn't catch the game. Do you want to come on? No, I didn't want to see All right, let me call you right back. Oh, we're about to finish up, I think. Okay, bye. I think we're about to finish up, right? Yeah, we're about to wrap up. Ryan had a game tonight. He did. He looked good. He had a yeah. nice pass. Yeah, and an assist, the steal. They need to pass to him more. I'm getting sick of this, and I'm completely impartial and don't watch any, you know, any yeah. Motor City crews. No, and I'm I, I feel like you're even a little anti-Ryan. 
I am no, I'm not anti Ryan. I'm the Lavar Ball of Twitter. I get into so many unnecessary fights with people over Ryan, and it's funny. I was on an advertisement for YU, and and someone like started attacking me for like my pronunciation of Hanukkah. I didn't say Hanukkah, like you know. They're like, "Oh, well, it's so modern." It's like the YU is going somewhere. I'm like, and like for me, I was like, I don't care. And but if it was Ryan, if they said that about Ryan, I'd be on that Facebook like mother. Meet me in an alleyway tomorrow. Like I'd, I'd be going. I'd have a serious Twitter fight with that person. So I, it's just a real. The fans in Cleveland. The fans in Cleveland really turned up for him. They did. So I had a friend, Jimmy Shava, shout out, um, set up with the school in Cleveland. They had a lot. There, the whole school was there. It was cool. A lot of Ryan chants in the stands. All right. So Ryan called Big Brother. So I think that's our cue to go off. Rashid uh, Cohen, Jack Terrell, the rest of our crew. I'm Oren Glickman. Tough loss tonight for the Max. I'll be back in action. It's the Tuesday. This is the Ball of Bottom podcast. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Have a good one. Have a good one.